Adjusting to your room, adjusting to your state, adjusting to your country. You adjusting to your life, adjusting to your job, adjusting to your heartache. There's a thing inside that you pretend. Welcome to another episode of Jen and Hajamis with me, Marvin Schneider, and the <clears throat> absolutely genuine Jen Ward. Hello. Hi. How are you? And good, thank you. And you're going to have to introduce our co-host, new co-host. There's a whole story behind it, co-host. I know I spring on to you. Like, I know it's not um, cool to give you like a change in employees without you, you having to say. <laughs> this just happened, like. I, I'm pretty sure his name is Albert. Okay, Albert. But I'm not positive. Albert. Everybody on social media is is getting a different name for him, and some of them are really cool. But I, I get Albert. Look at he's staring down the audience. It's like he's made to do this. He's gonna like. He, I think he's scanning people. You know how like some people are like psychically able to read people's energy and just scan yeah. it. He looks like yeah. he's oh my god. This is really yeah. Doesn't he? He's, he's no. definitely got those eyes. You're right. But he's so, so we kind of decided that Osgood doesn't really fit the bill for a co host. And so, so anyway, so it was a miracle that Albert came to us the way he did. So, all right, so Therese, you're going to tell us the story. Yeah. So, Therese wanted to um, go out and, and just for, go for a ride. And we have this international lilac festival here in, in my hometown. And we were just going to go see the lilacs and whatever. So, and that was a miracle that she wanted to do anything with me because it's kind of hard to be around my energy. So if, usually with people, it's get in and get out, you know. <laughs> what do you mean? So, what do you mean? <laughs> so I was so excited to get out of the house and we went for a drive. And then we went just for a joyride. We used to do garage sales and we're not doing garage sales this year. And then there was a pet store and I just, on the spur of the moment, we were at the light and I said, Kip wants a dog bed, you know, Kip Darshan's yep. new puppy. Yeah. So and Kip so, is a puppy, uh, Australian Kelpie. Yes. And so, us, um, Darshan and Kip are like in seventh heaven. That's why Darshan's kind of on sabbatical today. He don't care. He's all about his puppy and everything. <laughs> He's looking after his puppy. So we went in the pet store. They had nothing we wanted, but right away, this is a pet store, lizard, dog foods, mm -hmm. just pet store. And then <laughs> over on the, the window, there was Larry. Larry? No, Albert. Albert. Mm -hmm. Not Larry. You're not a Larry. No, not Larry. Oh, no, you're not a Larry. So Albert was there, and he was like, there's nothing like him. It's like, this is a pet store. There's dog, and there's this, uh, oh, by the way, I'm into Australia. I have an Australian friend now, and there's a koala bear. And he's like sitting there, and he's so beautiful. And I go, what's he doing there? And I go, and he was on a, he was on a discount shelf. Right. So, <laughs> anyways, so, and I would have, of course he's worth every penny so i would have gotten anything but um he was the only thing in the store and and we got him and he was just so thrilled to be out of there 
And Therese kept saying, oh my gosh, he's just, he just can't believe he got free of that place and that he doesn't know where he is and everything and stuff. And then we went into our other stores and he waited up for us to get out. And um, he was just like, he wanted to make sure he was going to come home with me and not, you know, have to go home with Therese. <laughs> not that there's <laughs> anything, he just had this connection with me and stuff and it was like, you can really feel that there's an awareness and a presence there. Yeah. And that's what it was like when I I um found Darshan. It was just in the car seat home, he's looking around, he's just enjoying the ambiance and everything. And so I brought him home and introduced him to Osgood. They didn't get along. So you brought Albert home, introduced him to Osgood and they get, didn't get along. Yep. Yeah. He wanted it and I knew he's more like a friends of Darshan. So he didn't want to sit next to Osgood. And um, he was really uncomfortable. I had him next to Osgood and he's giving me this look like, are, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? <laughs> so I moved him over mm -hmm. on the other side of um, Darshan and him and he was petting Kip with Darshan and he was really happy there. But, um, I think he's happy to be on too because he's like a seasoned professional. You can tell. He's like, Osgood wasn't into, you know. Well, I think Osgood is more sort of, into himself well not into himself that's a bit sort of yeah um but he's sort of bird watching and sort of being kind of more alone and out in nature i think that's what his shtick is so he's doing behind the scenes things about this guy he knows his camera angles he knows he's like projecting into the audience and i'm sure is. the audience is going to have experiences with him because he's like he's freaking me out he's so good yep so do you think albert will be a regular co-host yeah because he doesn't need to be trained and i don't think darshan enjoyed training osgood and i yeah. don't think osgood was into it did you ever like work mm. with someone that you knew that they didn't love their job and they were just present and um yes so that was Osgood. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't mesh with this kind of yep. um, publicity and all this stuff. So, yeah. But look at Albert's a pro. He's a pro. He does have really good angle, by the way. Can you can you tell? He's almost yeah. got this this half kind of side angle he does, that he's got going. <clears throat> well, because he was because they had him so he could climb up trees and they had his. They do these barbaric things to him. They had his hands sewn together oh. you know when you get a plushie you got to take off all the things that are sewed onto them like if they have something sewn in their neck that's yeah. like a slave collar you got to take it off and you got to take off all their tags and stuff because there's like slave shackles and stuff they don't want to be got it owned got it <laughs> got it <laughs> there's a funny story about that got it tell, them, tell the tell audience so for a, little, for a little while, um, of course, I'm in Oz, right? And we don't always get American reality TV shows. But anyway, Jen introduced me to a series called Below Deck. And there was one series where one of the deckhands. Riley. Pr Riley, pretty aggressive, very, she's a very dynamic woman, very present. And um, anyway, her, her thing was, you know, she'd kind of get angry and someone would be sort of telling her to do something. She's got it, 
got it. It's like, got it. <laughs> but she was right because But there's an intensity so... behind the got it, you know. And so we do it like whenever he says got it, I go, got it. And then we do that. <laughs> but she was right because she's doing a man's job, the bosun thing. Yeah. And they're like treating her like she's a bimbo. And she's like clearly yeah, yeah. so she was feeling left out and anyway. Yeah. Anyway, that was um look, it was it was an education watching that reality TV series. I don't usually watch TV to begin with and certainly not reality TV uh, typically, but that one was quite educational and it did definitely allow you to observe the human condition because you can just imagine, you know, a dozen people close quarters, you know, on a luxury, you know, charter boat. Um, anyway, th those that haven't seen and have the opportunity to get it on streaming you know whatever it is that you get stuff um it's <laughs> it's entertaining let's put it that way well i like the contrast between here you have people working their butts off morning noon, and night yeah. till and 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 then you have the entitled people who oh, come yeah. in and it's just it's just so disparaging to see how uh, some people are so with money and yeah yes so you often talk about takers versus givers, poachers versus, you know, providers, things like that. And uh, it, the dichotomy on the show was just, it was, it was available for everyone to see. Let's just put it that way. Wow. Um, so before we get into the topic of the day, um, I can't go without mentioning again the SFT workshop that is coming up May 23rd, 7 p.m. New York time. We're working on the uh, the structure, the format, the content and the material. It's going to be a pretty groundbreaking session. And what we're planning is that the SFT facilitators workshops will be a precursor um, to a number of other very high hitting um, applied workshops, the first one of which is rewriting your soul contract, which is going to be totally cool. So in the session over three hours, we are literally going to be working with the people that are in the group session to actually rewrite their soul contract. Okay, but can I tell them what's going on with these workshops so they can get a better understanding? Because people are so yep. inundated with people setting up these money makers or whatever and, and just like like driving people into, um, you know, to make a, a bottom line. <coughs> there's there's, 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 there's a feeling. You okay? <coughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> we'll keep this one. We, we won't edit this out. By the way, just Did so people just, know. Wait a minute. Did you just turn your head and cough? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> anyway, so you're saying you wanted people to know something about these sessions. Yes, this is very important. So, okay. you know, I talk to the adepts a lot, or they talk to me and stuff, right? Absolutely. And, you know, I know how much work these things are because I've done retreats and I know how much, you know, even when we just do a, a healing thing, they're like, they knock the stuffing out of me to do, right? But we're supposed yep. to do these. But the adepts explained to us what these workshops are and why it needed to be both you and I doing them together. Okay. Okay. So a lot spill of people. The, spill the beans. I'm trying. Yep. 
a lot of people have um, uh, experiences of learning in their dreams. Like, yeah. um, like when you have dreams, like you're at a university and you're taking or in a college or school or classroom and teachers and you're mm -hmm. taking classes, it's because mm -hmm. you actually are taking classes in the higher realms. Now, yeah. when you go to sleep, you're in a finer vibratory rate, but you also have uh, a body, a, a body with that same vibratory rate. So you're going yeah. around and having your experiences at that level. Yeah. So at that level of consciousness, you are taking classes, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's really difficult for people to pull down the information that they learned from those classes because yeah. it has to pass through the dream sensor, which garbles it into all these um, symbolism mm -hmm. so they don't get too much information and go insane, something like that. But because consciousness is changing, mm -hmm. the information that's provided in the higher realms is now relevant because we are we're in the fifth dimension now, so the information that they've been getting in the dream state needs to be mainstay here in the physical. So what you and I are doing is providing for people who get it yep. the curriculum that they wouldn't get anywhere else except if they went to the inner temples to get it stuff that they wouldn't find here, training they yeah. wouldn't find here. It's not offered here yet. Yeah. This is us seeding consciousness yeah. with this higher learning right here. Yes, and these workshops are going to be very hands-on and there's going to be a lot of homework, so just, you know, get ready, bear that in mind. Anything else do you want to say about that quickly? Because, um, so I do want to absolutely recommend that... <clears throat> If you have any interest in, in, in what Jen just said about, you know, transitioning from learning in universe, spiritual university in the dream state to actually then sort of having it downloaded in the physical realm, um, please sign up. There's only a couple of weeks left. Uh, we'd like to, we think this, it's going to be, look, it's going to be worth it. And then the applied workshops that are following it, we're, we're going to seriously recommend that people that do the, the, latter, the later applied workshops do the SFT facilitation workshop as a precursor because it is foundational. So here's the thing. So things that I thought like years ago that, that I was going to be renowned and I was going to offer the world something big, yeah. it's kind of like coming to fruition with you bringing the structure to it. So this yeah. may seem to some people, it may seem like, oh, wow, this is a lot of money or whatever. Yeah. I, I know. I, but in the future, this is like, yeah. This is like getting it when it's like grassroots, when it's like from yep. me and Marvin is kind of a big deal and stuff. So Yes, absolutely. So there is absolutely something to that. <clears throat> um, okay. So please sign up for that and um, share with the people that you know. Let them know about it. The more that it gets shared, the more that people experience this, it is... Uh, absolutely part of the transition, transformation, reset, refresh process. Can I ask you a question? Yes, please. So you're not a cheesemo at all. I mean, there's What's nothing cheesemo. Well, let me explain. Okay. You've, you've never, have you ever been in the position of trying to um, 
offer something like this to the public? This isn't your real house. Um, no, we have. We've done um, two-day workshops, syndicated workshops and whatever. And it's hard work offering it to the public, by the way. So you have a little experience with that. Absolutely. I've been, go ahead. You have a different, you have a different um, target audience maybe though. Yeah. Absolutely. My target audience are um, uh, board chairs and business executives mm -hmm. because that's, that's their, my They're constituency welcome. that I work with. They're welcome here as well though. You know of course they are, absolutely. And if you ever have a look at um, Jen's website, genuinehealing.com, you're going to notice that it is targeted. At, you know, the pages are definitely geared towards the business community because we know that, you know, the individuals that want, you know, personal spiritual transformation, we know that they're going to find you, right? So we already know that. Um, the real path forward is getting the business community and those that are in a leadership position to influence the transformation of business for the benefit of humanity, we need to get them on board. How do I get ask, um, Albert to like tone down his energy? Because I think he's freaking people out. out. <laughs> so intense. I don't know. He's not trying to manipulate you guys. He's just, he's just, he's just so excited to have a job because he was like stuck on a, yeah. The sales, so he's not trying to manipulate you with his. No. no. Okay. Yeah. So we um, part of this refresh process. I'll just quickly let people know because Jen keeps reminding me not to put too much information about the future out there. So, but um, we're working on re refreshing uh, a lot of the books, and we're working on three of them at the moment. So that's kind of keeping us busy and entertained, and we. Last Sunday, um, US time, we facilitated a Mother's Day group session. And I'll tell you a funny little story just before we enter, end off the banter and start getting into the main content. So we set up the Zoom call. We had about, it wasn't a, a huge group session. I think we had about nine, nine or 10 people on the call. Um, Thankfully, everyone on the call agreed to allow us to record it and upload it to YouTube. So it is on YouTube, but I think that's the only other. We're not going to upload the group sessions. Uh, sorry, the gift. workshops on YouTube. That was a gift it, for Mother Guy. It's a, it was a gift to Mother Guy. Absolutely. So, but anyway, so we set up the Zoom call. Uh, Jen and I, we sort of jump in on the Zoom call 15, 20 minutes uh, before the scheduled session. And we're just waiting for people to come into the call and you know we're just bantering away and then we ran out of banter and we're just sort of sitting there in silence and Jen starts singing in the way that she does and I said to her do you know the song uh, session is next week <laughs> oh dear okay I guess that fell flat all right well no I mean it was it was what it was now yes. he's got me so he's got me self-conscious about singing and that's part of my modalities because when I'm working on these sessions uh, on clients certain songs came come through to release and then the whole time I'm um in there trying to be like dynamic goddess energy I have to think Marvin's going to think I'm stupid Marvin's going to cringe if I do this Marvin's going to do this and so I, I, I listen and I just sing the song and then the person has a 
has a reaction and they release and they're, they're crying and stuff. So there's this funny thing I do whenever I get um, an email or something saying, thank you for singing that song. I loved it. It was beautiful. I cried. I have to send them to Marvin to like show him. And what did you say last time? Well, th th this is my reaction. <laughs> you actually said bite me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into the topic. Um, topic for today. It's a, a juicy topic. The topic is ready hell. Mm. Okay, now the mere mention of that word puts shivers up a lot of people's spines um, because we're programmed to think about hell in a particular way. So Jen, can you just tell the listener why, why we're doing recording this topic, hell, and what perspective, higher vantage point perspective are you offering today? Well, because the adepts told me to. So, so as preparing for this, like I get my, it's like, it's so cool because they tell me what to do and it's not like, like, like for bad, but I, I because I listen so well. I remember these sessions I've done with people who were literally trapped in hell. I remember this dream I had of going to hell and it's not what you think at all. And I've had this inner dialogue with the adepts about what hell actually is. And I think it would benefit a lot of people because what is happening with the transcendence from the third dimension to the fifth dimension is hell. The whole concept of hell is drying up. And so we're going to help that along a little bit with this podcast a little bit. We might have to go over a little bit, Marvin, just to get an understanding of this, if you don't mind. But... Sure. So do you want me to start? I We've already started, so okay. away you go. Well, over to you. All right. <laughs> so I, I started to have sessions with people who... Um, um, so what happens is when I'm doing research with the adepts, I'll have clients that come with a particular issue and then yeah. I'll have more clients come with the same issue. And it's the adepts teaching me about a certain issue through these clients and then they become surrogates. This woman came to me about five, six years ago. She was absolutely miserable, absolutely miserable. And in her session, I don't know if she said it, but I knew that one of her vernaculars go-tos in her life was like, oh God, I'm in hell. Oh, my life is hell. I'm in hell. So then I looked into her Akashic Records and she actually literally was in hell. So what happened is in a past life in programming, because hell is a belief system. So in some of the um, more puritanical belief systems and in past lifetimes, um, hell was a real location where you went and you burned forever and suffered, right? So, so this woman, part of her energy, while well, she was trying to go through this life and just mind her own business and get through it, a yep. whole lot of her energy was ascribed to this time she went to hell. And she was living in hell in this other reality that she had created between lifetimes. Can I just quickly ask a question? You said something quite important and that is that she creates. So two things that you've said, one is hell is a belief system. And the second thing is that she created her living hell yeah. or that the environment. Yeah. 
So I just I, you don't have to pick those topics up right now if you're going somewhere else, but I'll I'll pick them up again. No, but that's I, that's what happened. I mean, we <clears throat> we are programmed to believe what we do believe. Like one lifetime was programmed into us. Aging yeah. was programmed into us. Menopause was programmed into us. Yeah. Well, when when you have a, a group of people and they have a similar um, fear, yeah, just. <laughs> And everyone puts their personal experiences into the pot. It just acerbates what the meaning of that is. So yep. with everyone's fears coming together in this um, average or this compilation, it creates yep. a larger than life experience that one person can't get out of on their own. Yep, and so, so, and so, um, that's just a bit of a recording glitch, by the way. And, it, and I'm, I'm certain it's it to, no, that's to, fine. I'm certain it's the energy work. That's why I'm, that's why I'm bringing it up. Okay. Okay. Good. Yep. Thank you. Okay. Um, so anyways, so that was it. So I did a lot of tabs. I literally pulled her out of hell and I gave her tabs to pull herself out of the hell and dissipate all her energy that was trapped in that, that um, fire and brimstone thing. Yep. So that's that. And another place that people go as a form of hell is they go into the river Styx, which is yep. like the endless river into the Hades, which is the underground, which is that version of hell. So yeah. those two are linked. So there's a lot of work I do between those. And it feels mm -hmm. like people in this lifetime who are, um, are, are um, connected to a river that's a healing river. Yeah. It, it actually in a past lifetime represented the river sticks. So if they have, um, you know, like which, what's the healing Ganges? Is that one of the healing rivers or something? In India, uh -huh. um, it it is a, um, yes, it does have that, that connotation for a lot of people. Okay. Yeah. So, so people might want to do the peanut butter and jelly protocol, which is like separating two things from each other. Mm -hmm. They might want to do something they think spiritual, like the river Ganges with the river sticks because those okay. engrams can get mixed in their mind, right? Okay. And so recently, like you were saying, this is horrible, but, but recently they, they were, because of the COVID and the deaths over there, there were bodies floating down. Yep. And it, it reminded me of the image I see of the river sticks. So it's like yep. their, their engrams are getting merged together and that needs to be untangled and released. Yes. So, okay. Um, I know you've got a lot more to say. Can yeah. I just ask a question? And so on the belief system, certainly I was brought up in sort of mainstream Christian, but I wasn't sort of Catholic. So just so you know, it was a Protestant um, denomination. And so the concept of hell is sort of well described and whatever. And a lot of people and the concept of sin and it's role in hell is well described. And the interesting thing is that I never bought into it, but a lot of people did. And so is the is the physical existence of it in some reality tied to that person's belief in it? Well, if, surely in a past lifetime, but even if they they don't believe it in this lifetime, it doesn't mean that they didn't create it in the past lifetime and, okay. and it has to be released and stuff. Like I figured okay. out when I was four years old, I figured out like the, 
the Roman Catholic Church, they used to believe in purgatory and then they stopped believing in purgatory. Well, at yeah. four, I figured out that purgatory where was simply earth again. And so they, what they did with purgatory is as reincarnation used to be written in the Bible before the dark ages. And then during the dark ages, the priests wanted to, to um, get money to help people get to, to heaven. But mm -hmm. if they, but a lot of people were opting out because they said it's reincarnation. I'll just come back and I'll go to heaven the next time. So they mm -hmm. took reincarnation out of the Bible. But so they couldn't edit it smooth. So whenever there was something where they couldn't edit, they used purgatory. But but we have the awareness these days to figure back in that purgatory is, I mean, if a four-year-old can figure it out, um, that purgatory is this lifetime and stuff. And we just relive, relive here. And this is where we get our lessons until we transcend. And All I right. Okay. Hey, so I, but can I just do a really quick plug again for the um, Rewrite Your Soul contract? Uh, Absolutely. workshop. Absolutely. So what you just said that there's almost this belief that you are a slave to the lords of karma and you're forced to reincarnate to learn your lessons on this earth and whatever. And that is some concept of purgatory. What if you can rewrite that contract? But here's the thing that's the beauty of that, that workshop. For one thing, it never even occurred to people that they could rewrite their soul. That's track. exactly right. That's and that's thinking. the that's the that's a level of awareness that the adepts are working with us at. Mm -hmm. But another thing is, these things that were, like these things, just don't lay on the surface in your energy system. They are entrenched. Think of it like melted and burned into the fiber of your energy system. These things that were so terrifying, like hell, unworthiness, um, um, anything like. Um, like sexual deviation, torture, war, um, evil. These are things that, that are really enmeshed in your energy. So, yeah, yeah. so for us to be able to scour those clean in a, in a real um, functional, tangible, tangible practical way. way. Yeah, without like making it foo foo like, oh, exactly. drink this magic drinking water and you'll be free. No. You do the work and and it's contingent on how much work you want to do and it's it can be profound for anyone who so so in the past lifetimes if you were going to be a spiritual you know seeker mm -hmm. you would go to a monastery and they would give you and there's some there's some groups these days that give out initiations and what you do is you wait until they tell you that you're worthy right and yep. it's like, oh yeah, these th this hierarchy told me I'm worthy, so I must be. And you're supposed to feel good about yourself because you went and get a ceremony of an initiation. Well, the upgrade of that and all the upgrade of that is in this dynamic world of self-empowerment is taking the initiative. When so it's, it's, it's the transition from being initiated to taking the initiative. Yeah, I had my... my smooth kind of energy thing going you interrupted that <laughs> oops <laughs> you you messed with my mojo oops and when now i lost my mojo <laughs> sorry when someone can go from thinking that they have to wait for someone else to give it to them yep. and every time you are proactive and you don't listen to the mind 
You don't listen to the mind things that tell you that you're not worthy, that you can't afford it, that this is another shtick, whatever, when in your heart of hearts, you know this is different. I mean, yeah. you're listening to a girl with a bear in her hands, and you know that there's something to what I'm saying, right? Yeah. And you're listening to this man with this baseball cap on. You know. Baseball cap. Genuine <clears throat> healing. Relax your atoms. So Relax your you atoms. Know, when you know, you know. So nobody has to tell you. You don't have to get a little thing in the mail saying, oh, you're worthy to believe this. You're worthy to know more. No, you take the initiative, right? Yeah. Okay. So is there anything else specifically on the topic of hell that you want yeah. to say? Yeah, okay. lots more. We're going to have to go over a little bit. Don't don't be cutting right. me off before I get to the juicy part. <laughs> right. Okay, so um, a few years ago, I had a dream where I went to hell. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because hell isn't what you think it is. Now, in the dream, I was, I was driving along this coast, and there was a sandy spot on the, on the side of the road. And all these cars were pulled over. They couldn't go over. I don't know why they couldn't go over and they couldn't drive any farther, but they're all on the side of the road and they're all waiting there. And then on the right, there was this, um, a campsite where they were um, enticing people to come live there and they would give them land and they would give them um, space to live there if they would live there. Now, the first time I went down this thing, it was like really filled up, but then it was getting less and less dense and then i innately knew that this area was hell and what it was is like people's understanding is transcendent hell so the space and the realms that was devoted to this hell well now it's just a nice resort and it was like there was really nothing there it was like you brought to it what you needed to bring to it and the highway going across the water was actually the bridge between the mental realms and, and the pure levels of consciousness that are pure positive that aren't the duality of good and evil anymore. And so it was like a really profound thing to see how hell was drying up. Maybe because of the work and the tabs we've put out about drying up hell. Yeah. So, and then there was an, an, more of like a... Um, I know I'm losing you, Marvin. Your, your no, eyes are, no, no, your I'm eyes with are you. darting around. He's getting uncomfortable because he's watching the clock and Jen's not wrapping it up yet. This is an important point, okay? Because this was a, the adepts spent a lot of time on this, right? And like, like this is where Marvin goes. Time to wind it up. <laughs> Let's keep on top of it, though, if you don't mind. <laughs> anyways, anyways, um, so. I've been contemplating for years now what evil is. And I can tell people there's no evil and then they they fight with me and they'll defend evil and say, yes, it exists. I felt evil and stuff. And, mm -hmm. I, I, and I can see the good in anybody. And so then I think of the, the person I think is the most evil person in the world mm -hmm. is my older sister, my second mm -hmm. oldest sister. And everyone thinks she's so wonderful and she's so good, but to me, she's pure evil 
Because what she did when I came home from being starved and tortured and I was a retired boy and I couldn't take care of myself, she told the whole family that I had made it up. And no, nobody reached out to like be with me and then nobody helped nurture me through that. They just ignored me because she took my experience and validated me. Yep. And she did that because she was needy. Yep. So, so what I realized was need creates the environment. It creates the void where stagnant energy goes into it. And then it becomes um, even more stagnant. And then it becomes personified by the person's need. And then it's what people perceive as evil. So it's not, there's no such thing as evil. What there is is pockets of need that suck up stagnant energy. And then it creates a vibration like, like mold would grow in stagnant water. Mm -hmm. So you can clean that up like anything else. But mm -hmm. the more that you do it in fear, the more you're just feeding the, the mold or the stagnant. You have to do it with love. And you have to dry up that need. Now, I don't know how to dry up that need in that person because she's a succubus for attention. And she draws everyone in the family into her. And she's the main reason that I don't have a relationship with anyone in the family. Okay. So can I ask this question then? If mm -hmm. someone recognizes that they have this need and that it, it is attracting um, stagnant energy that then feeds upon itself and it gets personified and then becomes some kind of a complex energy matrix in your um, expunging negativity taps. You can help them with that. But if you identify someone over there that has those characteristics and represents evil, can you work on that? Well, I think you can. Um, <laughs> I think that... Um, you can you can use the tabs to work on someone over there over there but you don't get into their business and stuff the interesting yeah. thing is someone who's in, that deep in need they don't realize that they are yeah. because i was mm. one of the last family events i was at i actually shared how i had went through enlightenment and then this this sister she asked what is that and i said well you um you transcend all all the ego, you transcend everything that's here and you're in the pure positive realms and you can operate there. You use the ego as a tool and it's not the master yeah. anymore. And sure enough, she said, oh yeah, I've, I've done that too then. I'm there as well. So, <laughs> okay. so yeah, so, so she's in her bubble of understanding and I'm not going to take that away from her, but I kind of like can read people's energy and she has not yep. been enlightenment. So another interesting thing about um, working with this for yourself is an understanding of you can actually dry up um, the stagnant energy in yourself and yep. you can open up your energy to higher consciousness. There's two ways to do it. Gratitude. Now, people talk about gratitude. What they don't understand is gratitude is actually a way to manually open up your energy system. It's like turning the crank and opening up your energy system. If you, you try it, like think about something that, that that is bothering you and you feel like tight about. 
figure out a way to be grateful in that moment regarding that thing. And you can actually feel your energies, your heart chakra opening up and relaxing with that. So in that way, gratitude is the precipice of heaven because it opens you up to higher consciousness. Okay? Okay. Now, in the same way, regret is the precipice of hell. Yeah. Regret creates that need and regret closes your energy system and puts you into that state where you can't get out. Okay. So that's, that's really good. So gratitude leads to heaven or is a gateway to heaven. Regret is the gateway to hell. It's actually an opening to it. Yeah. Okay. Actually a portal. Would you describe it as a portal? Um, see, I would, um, uh, or are we getting into semantics? Well, a portal, like, I guess you could think the openings in your energy system as a portal, but I, I wouldn't because it will complicate how people understand the portals we close and stuff. Okay. All right. So, so leave that one separate. Okay. Got it. But they can actually open their own, they can open their doors to, to higher consciousness, or they can open their doors to, uh, uh, an abyss of negativity through, through regret. Now here's an example of it. Now think about someone who I always think of the, this is the example that the adepts gave me. Think of someone who was like the golden boy in high school, who had everything going for him. He was the quarterback. Everybody loved him. And he never gets back that kind of attention once he gets older. And he's always living in the past, like the glory days. He's Mm -hmm. living in that regret. And he's he's actually Mm -hmm. not being able to get past it and enjoy what's going on around him now. He's actually in a form of a hell. Yes. Yeah. So, wow. That, that so makes sense. That so mm-hmm. does it. So yeah. living constantly living in regret through reliving the past means you're not having the opportunity in the moment, which traps you in the hell of not having the experience of the moment. Because, you know, I think I've asked you a couple of times, you know, so Jen, what is the purpose of life? Just thinking it's, you know, just some little rhetorical, you know, oh, just, you know, what's the purpose of life question. And, um, um, you know, the idea of having experience and bringing it back into, you know, source and consciousness, you know, kind of the, that theme came up in one way or another. So if you're not doing that by living in regret of the past right. is. It's so, so if you would ask me what the meaning of life would be, it would be to, to figure out how to perpetuate as much of your energy and the aspect of yourself as possible. So to me, like what we do is like to, to share what we can of truth, even though people will think I'm ridiculous and they'll think like, you know, what's wrong with you? Oh, Jen, on? that's ridiculous. People yeah, exactly. think that. <laughs> and, and not even care. And it's like, no, it's just so important just to throw is there an expression as balls to the wall? Um, I know exactly what you're referring to. So okay. we, we can run with that one. Okay. And so it's like, um, you know, and you've heard me dress people down for like bringing up the past and what oh, they did in the all past. the time. And mm. now you understand why, because I've never really mm. articulated it to you in that way before, yep. but it's really important. And 
it's really important to bring as much what an adept or a spirit guide or a master has done is they've taken all these peripheral experiences of different lifetimes, different dimensions between lifetimes, past, future, and they've collected it into themselves in the moment. Mm-hmm. Now, now you can go to those monasteries and learn these things, but you're not, obviously, it hasn't made you arrive because we've all done it in past lifetimes and we're still here seeking. Yep. So what the adepts have given us is they've given us the tools through the SFT um, protocols to, yep. to dissolve all the energy, that peripheral energy that's been yep. a drag to our spirituality and yep. bringing it all into the moment, into our omniscience, omnipotence and omnipresence. That's, yep. that's huge. That is huge. Um, I'm actually glad that we did run over on this session because that last sort of 10 minutes of conversation around gratitude and regret, um, I think was just profound. I, I really hope people, the listeners will appreciate the, how profound that was. I'm really looking forward to the comments. If you're, um, if you've kind of done most of what you wanted to do today, because you can never do it all in one session. So we can always pick up these topics elsewhere, but if we're mostly done with the topic, then it might be appropriate to wind this episode down. Um, I'm really looking forward to reading the comments. Please let us know what you think about this because I thought it was profound. Um, and I think Albert really added to the episode, um, Thank you, listeners. Thank you, Jen. Thank you, Albert. Please like, share, subscribe, but definitely share, comment. Look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.
I'm spinning out of control It feels like you're leaving, leaving Let your blood run So far away Maybe I'm thinking that We're better this way 